Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're going to talk about betrayal, something we've all experienced at some point in our life. Now, several years ago, the OJs did a song called Backstabbers. And the words were, they smile in your face. All the time they want to take your place. The Backstabbers. Very powerful song. Now, the saddest thing that I find about betrayal is it never comes from your enemies. It comes from somebody we know and we trust. Because of that trust, many times we don't see it coming. Then it happens. Now what? How do I move forward? Can you pick up the pieces? We're going to talk about this today. My guest is my friend Jackie Long, who was betrayed by the two people that she trusted most in the world. Yet she found the courage to share her story in a compilation book named Win the Wellness War, which is now available on Amazon. Let me tell you a little bit about Jackie. She is a certified Jack Canfield Success Principal Trainer. She's a speaker and author, and this I found really interesting, a neuro-linguistic programming practitioner. And if we have time, we'll get into that. So Jackie, welcome to Life Ultimate Events. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Frank. My pleasure. My pleasure. I read your chapter in the book. It was very intriguing. Folks, if you haven't got this book, go get it. So Jackie, tell us what happened. How'd you find out? So I was divorced and we had an agreement that we would tell the other person when we started dating somebody that that was going to be serious. It's just an agreement because we were still friends. We had a very friendly breakup after we were divorced. We still dated through COVID. And so by the time that we actually broke up, it was just more of a relaxed, comfortable friendship. And we actually maintained a friendship after that. And so to put a put it a little bit in perspective, he is in the medical field and my best friend is in the medical field. And I brought them together to, to do business together because I knew they would do good work. And I never had any question that anything would happen. Um, and in addition, there's, there's really, when you talk about people you trust, our physician is one of those people. We, we count on our physician to, to protect us from any kind of harm. And so my ex-husband was also my doctor. So I brought them together. Fast forward. He came to me and told me that he was starting to date my best friend. Okay. So how'd you feel about that? What happened? Well, I was shocked. Um, I never thought either of them capable of that. Um, I would, well, how I felt at the time, I mean, I processed a lot, of course, but how I felt at the time was shock, um, panic, anxiety, because in that moment I did, I lost my best friend. I lost my my ex-husband as a friend and I lost my position in mm -hmm. one sentence. And so I had a panic attack and that was, was I was devastated. Many times uh, people that I've, I've talked and interviewed who have been through a betrayal, they'll, they'll sit back after the fact and they'll say, there were signs. I, I, 
either chose not to see them or I didn't see them. Did that happen to you? Definitely with my best friend. And I mean, it was over the course of years. She wasn't very responsive in terms of returning phone calls or texts or necessarily even contacting me when she came into town because we hadn't lived in the same um, same place really since we graduated from high school. So friends of mine now point out to me, like you've been making excuses for her for years and years about this. And when we were together or when we did talk, all of that melted away. Mm-hmm. And so I was just willing to accept that about her. So there were signs that I was putting more into the relationship than than she was, for sure. This is somebody you've known most of your life, correct? Yeah, 40 years. We 40 years. Um, we became, well, I've known her longer, but we became best friends when we were 15. And so, you know, we saw each other through frankly, every major crisis from um, crises with our children, crises with um, husbands, you know, my first husband died, um, father of my children. Um, You know, she had uh, a husband with, there were a lot of, lot of very dark um, things that, that she shared with me and I saw her through. And same with me uh, through the point where we helped each other go through our parents' homes when they passed away, which hasn't been all that long ago. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's somebody that you've known for that long. I hear that a lot, Jackie, that one partner, one party to a friendship is usually more invested than the other. Yeah. And it's very sad when that occurs. So in your book, you talk about going to counseling. Um, you had a term that I love, betrayal trauma. Also yeah. Counseling. I mean, that, I had never heard that term, actually, surprisingly, um, based on, you know, what I do and what I've studied. It's, it's, in a nutshell, it's somebody that you count on to protect you who, who doesn't. I mean, that's the easiest way to explain it. And when you think about, I mean, it can be a parent, it can be a boss, it can be a physician, it can be a friend or a spouse, it can be any, anybody. And so what she did for me was, was really validate how traumatic and horrific this experience for anyone would be. And she explained kind of, she describes it as like a ring of fire. And so like all, you know, the different things are just shooting off in your brain and your cortisol cortisol levels go up. I mean, she has all the technical terms that I don't. I just know that my understanding and how she helps me, helped and helps me is that no matter how hard I work on this, my body and my brain are going to need to catch up. And that's going to take time as much as I don't like, oh, it just takes time because frankly, I, that's not my philosophy. I, I believe there's a lot we can do than just wait. And so I'm doing the work and she's, she's like, it's just going to take time. Exactly. Exactly. I've always told 
you're going through a grief process. It's a grieving process, whether we want to admit it or not, right? No, it is. I admit it. (laughs) Right. But not everybody does. (laughs) Exactly. And grief, unfortunately, there's six steps, seven steps, whatever, whatever level you, whatever theory you aspire to, it does not go in order. Did you find that? You think you're this far along and then wait, you're back to the beginning again. You're back to the anger or denial. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I am way well, well um, into recovery from this. Even, I mean, it all started for me. Well, it doesn't matter when it all started. Where I am now is, you know, I'm doing pretty well. And um, I have some techniques that I use. It's not that I don't let feelings out at all. I just don't have those moments as often. And it happened to me yesterday. I'm driving and I, um, heard a song and it reminded, reminded me of him and, you know, just sadness. And I started to tear up a little bit and I'm like, it's okay. You know, it's all right. And then the next thing I know I see, and we're not in the same part of town, but I see the street sign that is where her parents lived. And how many times had I been in that home and experienced positive feelings and I just lost it. And, you know, that's okay. Even though I didn't like it, um, it's okay. I have to get that stuff out. Absolutely. That's that's absolutely the case. One of the things that um, we learn is trusting your intuition. And you write about this in your chapter. Okay. Mm -hmm. Your emotions are your emotions. They're normal. They're natural. It's almost like PTSD. It is. A trigger. How do you address the trigger? Tell us about that when you talked about your gut instinct, you following your gut intuition, as you called it in your chapter. Well, so with him, um, we had, we both knew and we had and were working on uh, relationship problems when we got married. And my gut said I needed to do things differently and it was better to wait. And instead of following that intuition and gut that said, stop, I did not want to lose him and I moved forward. So um, that's, that's one example. And then apparently the last time I saw her, my best friend, I mean, I just knew things were off. I knew it. And I came home and told somebody else, well, gosh, I hope they're not doing anything together. I forgot I said it because there was not one iota, <clears throat> excuse me, of my consciousness that thought either of them would ever do that. I forgot I said it. She had to remind me. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are all kinds of times where I have not trusted this, my gut and my belly. And I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just not, I, I trust it. I believe it. And I might be wrong occasionally. Most of the time I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. We have to listen. Absolutely. It says you said in the, in the chapter you wrote, I'm responsible for my own happiness and I have to put myself first. That's what you're doing. Correct. I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at, well, frankly, Part of me putting myself first is recognizing 
that I have a bigger life to live without people mistreating me. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to bring that into my life. Part of that putting myself first is what do I really want out of my life just for me? Right. Not what anybody else wants, which is really what I've done for a long time. I mean, I've raised two kids. I had a husband who died. I had aging parents and grandparents. And, you know, I was really putting other people before me. And now I'm not doing that anymore. I don't have to. I don't feel I have to. So it's a change of years and years of behaving in a certain manner, putting someone else first, and then turning that around to putting me first. And that's the only way I'm going to make change in my life. And it's the only way that I know that I'm going to be able to get what I want out of life. Um, I don't know if any of your listeners know Dr. Laura Schlesinger. Not I'm easy sure to say. I'm sure they do, Dr. Laura. Yes. She, she's amazing. I mean, she can be kind of mean, but she's pretty amazing. One of the things that she says that I really like is, what do you want between now and dead? Good point. I am, I am putting together what I want between now and dead. And I know how quickly it can change. I mean, my husband died at 54. Yes. I'm 50, almost 57 now. So I'm not waiting. I'm doing the things I want to do. It's amazing what happens when you, you go through something like this and you decide, okay, this is someone told me, pick up the pieces and start moving forward, even if it's a half a step each day. And some days you're going to take it one step forward and three steps backwards. But when you go forward, better times and better people come into your life. Is that what you're finding? Yes. And it's not a matter of, I don't know, better people. It's like, I don't really think either one of them are inherently bad people. I think they just made a decision without considering how it was going to impact me or many other people, to be honest. I mean, right. to be just to be frank, um, I just don't, I just think they, they fell for each other and that's all that mattered to them. So I don't think they're bad people. I do believe that they were in my life for a time and a season and that those times were those times. And all three of us, I'm sure learned from our time. And so on my best day, that's how I feel. And I can remove myself from what they're doing. Um, so what was the question again? <laughs> it's moving forward. It's the moving forward oh, yes. part. There, there were a couple of things that actually might be very helpful. Uh, so between now and dead, right? Um, one of the things I'm doing is I'm journaling and writing about what are the things I want. And it's not just a trip to um, Bali in a hut. It's also I want to make sure I'm challenging myself, such as being an author for the first time at this age. I want to challenge myself in life. And, and I, want, I want love in my life. I want real, deep, true love. And what does that look like to me? And what do my best friends today look like for me? And it's not the person who doesn't return my phone calls or my texts. It's not that person anymore. 
So it's, it's not making them bad. It's making it, what do I want? I have no desire to slander them. None. Exactly. It's, it's simply, this is, this is what matters to me. And if, if someone wasn't willing to invest when you're investing and someone's not willing to invest in return, then why bother? Yeah. And, and that's, that's a lesson that I've learned from this. And I feel like this was um, my higher powers two by four going, wake up girlfriend. This is as bad as it gets. You didn't didn't listen to me all those other times. So listen to me now. And I have. That's outstanding. Now, Jackie, many people who've been through this, they withdraw. They just carry the hurt inside. Why did you choose to put this in a book? It was what was going on for me at the time. And it was very cathartic for me to write this. And the first draft doesn't look like what is published in the book, (laughs) I promise you. And, you know, bless Peggy. She was so gentle with me through the process and just, again, validating that, you know, I'm writing this in the middle, in the middle of it, which I did. Um, And so... She had to help me get this in a form that readers would would want to see. And she she held my hand through that whole process. And I'm I'm grateful for that. So I also believe, I really believe um, for myself anyway, that these kinds of experiences, part of my purpose in life is to help other people through their bad experiences. Because, like you said, a lot of people withdraw. So there might be somebody who won't go speak to a friend or a therapist or a coach or whoever, a mentor, a clergy, whatever it might be, but they can pick up a book. And so I want to, I want to help in different ways. That's one. That's outstanding. Everyone has a story and I've written 10 books, nine books. And most of the time when you're doing a book like this, an anthology, People would say, my story's not that interesting, or I'm not a writer, or why would anybody care? People care. Yeah, they do. They want to know. They want to see, because they're going through the same thing, maybe not exactly the same thing, but they want, it's encouraging to them to know I'm not in this alone. And I think that's what right. you're doing. Do you feel that? Right. Absolutely. I, nobody should be alone going through something horribly painful. Um, And like I said, not everybody is going to take that step. I mean, I encourage people to take that step because I believe if you keep your emotions inside, you're just, you're going to implode. I mean, it's like um, holding a beach ball under the water. As soon as you let it go, it just explodes out of the water. And that can show up in many forms. It can show up in the, I mean, I know for even myself, somebody who does speak it out loud and work on myself and do all those things. I know my body um, has suffered from the many things that I've been through in my life. And I mean, I accept it. I, not that I accept where I am. I accept that that's the way trauma and difficult experiences work for us. And I can only imagine where I'd be if I were one of the 
kinds of people who didn't open up. Exactly. There's something, and this is interesting because, and I hope men read this. So guys, if you're out there, read this chapter because it happens to men, but we don't want to talk about it. Mm. And so we withdraw and we recoil and we think we're not supposed to talk about this. But you have to, you have to get it out there. And you cannot hide. A woman who specializes in emotion said to me, Frank, you can't leave your emotions at the door. They come in the room with you. Mm-hmm. Are you going to deal with them? That's the magic. Dealing with those emotions. All right. Jackie, we're just about out of time here. What last words, what last thoughts you want to leave with the people around the world today? When somebody betrays you, it's not your fault. Um, even if there's something that you've done that they didn't like, they, the other person or people made their choice. We all can make a choice. So it's not your fault that somebody made that choice to hurt you. And it might not have even been an active, I want to hurt you. They were hurting and they just did what they felt they needed to do for themselves. So it goes back to, if you are the victim of betrayal, what, what will you do for yourself? And how will you go through the steps that it takes to heal? And I hope that anybody who's gone through something like this or another trauma, that you can take that very next step for you. And it could just be calling a friend. It could be writing something out or, or voicing it into your phone on a voice memo or, you know, hitting the pillow on the bed, whatever way you can get it out the very next step. I love that statement. Not your fault. That's, that's just, that's perfect because everybody has a choice. And I've heard so many people that I've interviewed say, well, if I only had done this, or if I hadn't done that. And so there's, there's, you, bring, you, you, you bring this guilt complex upon yourself. And it, it's not your fault. They chose it. I love that statement. And I, I would like to just say that I felt like part of it was my fault because I brought them together. I, almost, I pushed them together professionally. And so at first I was like, I was manipulated. I was used. I was stupid. I was, what was I thinking? All of that. And now having from there to here, I know that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter. They chose, they chose. Exactly right. I love that. So how can people reach you, Jackie? The best way is going to be to email me which is coachjackielong at gmail.com, C-O-A-C-H-J-A-C-K-I-L-O-N-G at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Coach Jackie Long, and I am on LinkedIn, not very often, but you can find me through uh, those two sites. And I would love to hear uh, from anybody who, who wants to comment or has a question. Ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you to reach out to Jackie. Um, listen to, get her book, read her chapter. 
reach out to her, talk with her. I think that someone who's been through the ringer has an awful lot of wisdom that we can give you. And, and even if you're not looking to be cured, it's simply to have someone to talk to, have someone to reach out to. That's wonderful. Well, as I said, we're just about out of time. I want to thank my guest, Jackie Long, for the story to encourage people, pick up the pieces and start moving forward after a betrayal or after a trauma that has impacted your life. And you can see this show on Parade Deck. You can see it on my YouTube channel, which is also called Frank Sakari. You can see it on Roku TV. And now it's available on podcasts at a number of different places, including Spotify and iHeart and Alexa Music, et cetera. So it's going to be easy to find. I will send Jackie a link in advance and she'll post it to all the places that she puts out her information. Now, let me leave you with this. None of us are in this alone. And the secret to walking on water is to know where the rocks are. And today, Jackie showed us where many of those rocks are. Join us again next week for another life altering event. Jackie, again, thank you very much. Thank you.